I don't usually have breaking news on the Pickleball Fire podcast, but I interviewed Morgan Evans, and he has an update on the spin serve and what's going to happen in 2023. As you know, there was a lot of controversy in 2022 about the spin serve, and Zane Navratel's chainsaw serve was, we'll call it, outlawed, while the Morgan Evans spin serve was not. Anyways, there's a lot more to the interview than talking about the Morgan Evans spin serve. So let's get to the intro to hear from Morgan. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Morgan Evans. How are you doing today, Morgan? So far, so good. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me. It's great that you could be here. And I know you're so busy doing so many things in pickleball, but I always pretty much like to start off the podcast just getting a little background in terms of how you got involved in pickleball and how long ago that was. Well, it was 2014. I had just moved to the Coachella Valley, Palm Desert, came here to teach tennis. And after a little while, I found a couple of tennis professionals who had played some pickleball, just a couple of games, one of them being my brother, who is still in the world of tennis. And we played a few games. I thought it was fun, but I didn't, I wasn't ready to jump ship just yet in my tennis career. So, and I use that term loosely. I was a tennis coach for about 15 years or so before I met pickleball. Anyway, I moved to Seattle in the summer of 2014 to teach tennis and I realized I was going to catch the pickleball bug and I should use the opportunity knowing that Seattle or Bainbridge Island was the birthplace and there should be some good players. Sure enough, I actually called Pickleball Central at the time. I didn't realize it was just a, a giant online superstore. So they got me in touch with Mark Friedenberg and Don Pascal, uh, Friedenberg, affectionately known as Yoda. And they invited me to at least come and watch their games at Redmond Senior Center, two kind of wayward courts with plenty of cracks and some odd slants. But that was my kind of Tuesday and Thursday routine for the summer of 2014 and 15. So they got me into it, pointed me in the right or wrong direction. Chris Miller was one of them, so probably the wrong direction. But it was it was a fun time and that got the ball rolling, pun uh, pun intended. Perfect. Well, I'm going to have to say, I think it probably was in the right direction because you took that experience of, uh, you know, being on the pickleball court rather than the tennis court. And uh, you, what happened after that? I mean, you got more into it, didn't you? Yeah. So I started playing tournaments that back then, if, if you knew your way around a tennis court, you could probably self-rate yourself as a 5-0 and start playing at that level, and no one really thought too much of it. So I started playing as many tournaments as, as I could, found some decent partners. Luckily, a gentleman, Marcin Rospetsky, who lives did live in the desert, he was getting into the game at the same time, the Polish monster, and he was an incredibly good player, singles especially. But So he became my doubles partner and training partner here in the desert. So I had him and a few others, Kim Jade and Scott Burr. And between the four of us, we had a decent training group 
to help us hone the skills and start competing at the highest level. Now, one of the things I read in terms of your background is, you know, you were the first ever professional tour pickleball coach. And I think people can understand that in 2022 because everything is getting so much more competitive. Everything's getting bigger to be at the top of the game. You definitely need some help. But how did that happen? And who, what names would people recognize that you have worked and coached? Well, yeah, it all started, uh, I guess it was 2016, maybe 17. And Tyson McGuffin actually contacted me. We had played against each other a bunch in singles. I realized he was going to be a serious force. And then he, yeah, he called me out of the blue and just asked if I would come on as his coach. And well, we, yeah, we had a great run. We started the coach-student relationship. We also played together for about a year and a half, two years. And that really got me started. At that point, yeah, the professional coach role didn't really exist. But once it did, it was kind of, it was, it changed a lot of the ways that manufacturers, for example, Selkirk brought me on as kind of the team coach where I could help not just Tyson, but Caitlin and Christian, for example, and a few of the other Selkirk pros. Often it's just a second set of eyes that can see things that the player in the moment can't really see. There's so much emotional attachment that the player is going through and it's hard to see the kind of the forest through the trees, so to speak. So having someone that knows the game courtside that can kind of give you a, a decent lay of the land from their perspective, it often makes so all the difference. And that's what Tyson wanted. And so I did that for him for a while. Most recently, Simone, I think everyone knows her, anyone who knows Pickleball, she, uh, she's still the queen in, in my book. She brought me on to help out prior to the US Open, again, focusing on singles. So yeah, those two, I think hopefully they give me decent reviews. And luckily, there's no Yelp situation for professional Pickleball coaches. I think not yet anyway. That's what I was going to say, at least not yet. I mean, I'm sure that's going to come one day. Now, it's really interesting because play at the highest level, you're coaching all these amazing players. And then I know you've also stepped into the commentating booth. How did that get started? And what are you doing currently? Yeah, that's true. I always enjoyed it. A long time ago, it was just myself and a few other people that were hoping to have enough battery life in their phone pressed up against a, a barbed wire fence, a chain link fence, very few barbed wire fences in Pickleball. And uh, yeah, just kind of talking about the game while the game's going on and hoping that the live stream wouldn't drop out on Facebook. That was probably five years ago. And then slowly but surely networks got involved, uh, CBS and Fox, and now recently Tennis Channel to broadcast professional pickleball so i'm currently working with the ppa and for the tennis channel as well when they pick up the feed it's a really it's a wonderful place to be in the game and it helps me kind of do i guess coaching on a grander scale that gives me a lot of a lot of happiness a lot of fulfillment in the game the days of me being able to compete at at the professional level 
who knows? I, uh, I was lucky enough to win one tournament last year, but since then I've, I've had a shoulder injury that makes overheads a basic impossibility. And these days, everyone is very lob happy. Thanks to AJ Kohler, if he listens to this, still not impressed, AJ. Matt Wright and uh, Callan Dawson, they do it well. So I appreciate them. But not you, AJ, if you're listening. So you're commentating. It's honestly, I think it helps to have an accent. It's, I hate to say it, but it gets the foot in the door for a lot of different situations. So luckily, I've had some great people to work with. Dave Fleming, who's been a long time wingman for me. We, we did a lot of the stuff for the PPA together and will continue to do so. It makes it easy. And also, honestly, if you're working with the right people, it feels like you're kind of just thinking out loud. And what I would normally be doing if I was watching pickleball and what I would normally be thinking, it just kind of comes out. So it's a great job to have and it's always the best seat in the house. I've had Dave on the podcast, Dave Fleming, and I could definitely see you guys having some fun in that commentating booth. You're both funny guys. But, you know, I was wondering as you were talking, do you ever hear some of the players who, when you do commentate the matches, I mean, you almost sound like you're kind of coaching while you're commentating. Do they actually go back and watch the matches to hear some of your yeah. feedback? Yeah, sometimes. I often I often get some, and I won't men- mention any names, but some feedback from their perspective, various things I said. And sometimes I'm just joking about stuff. Sometimes it's honest observations. And either they tell me that something I said has really helped or they try to correct me in something that I misspoke. You're never going to get it right every time. It's a numbers game and I'm going to try to fill the airwaves somehow. And if, if a group of professionals miss two or three dinks in a row, then you know, we've got to say something. So yeah, it's, they do. And uh, it's always fun. And I appreciate it. Now, I read that you were the person who actually coined a term in pickleball that some people will know, I think, if they're hardcore players, but I believe it, you coined the term shake and bake. Shake and bake, yes. This is true. Myself, and I was playing with Marcin Raspensky back, it was the Lamaster Davison Classic in 2017, maybe 16. We were getting beaten in dink battles. Matt Goebel and Brent Ditzik. Uh, Goebel, I think, is still playing. I haven't seen Ditzik for a while. But, yeah, we were just getting outdinked, and it was a tough way to play. And we realized that our particular skill sets, we weren't, uh, we weren't dictating the style of game that was played to our favor by any stretch. So what we did, well, actually, we had a rain delay. We were, I think, I don't know, 9-7 down in the second game in we were about to go to the back draw. No, actually, I think that was the back draw. So it was 13-9 or something. Anyway, it was looking rough. Luckily, the rain came and uh, we got a break for about an hour or so. Luckily, they had some indoor courts. So they put us indoors. And in that break, I think Marcel and I had a bit of a coming to Jesus moment. And we also had a five-hour energy shot each, which I wouldn't recommend. Don't try that at home, kids. Since then, luckily, the nutritional aspect has gotten much better for both of us but at the time even in a pinch we needed some serious energy and a different strategy so yeah the shake and bake 
it was basically just for me to drive the third ball and for him to collapse the uh, the kitchen line early and knock off that next one, intercept or poach, so to speak. Um, I'm not sh- exactly sure why I called it shake and bake, but I know I had recently watched the incredible documentary uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, which we all know and trust. It's basically a Bible for developing as a athlete or human, really, just the wisdom. And shake and bake was one of them. So I certainly wasn't the first, but I gave it to pickleball for some reason. Possibly the five-hour energy had, had a role in that. I just want to take a second and break in here and thank Club Pickleball for sponsoring this episode. When I first saw Club Pickleball's paddle selection, I thought, wow, these are some of the best designs I have ever seen. The color and the patterns are amazing, and the edge guard even coordinates with the graphite paddle face. What's better is you can create your own custom paddle designs. So go to playpickleball.club and get 20% off everything through the end of July. Plus, you can use promo code PICKLEBALLFIRE10 for an additional 10% off. I bet it did. Now, I you talk, um, your, I love your humor, and I'm not sure if everybody does, but I do. But, you know, one of the things that I know you have going too is Coach Me Pickleball. And this is definitely in Morgan Evans style. I mean, one of the things when I got the website that you are able to see some videos and of course there's that blooper reel just absolutely morgan (laughs) yeah no i'm pretty sure people often sign up for the lessons but they stay for the bloopers and steve my producer and partner with that yeah yeah, i never know when he's actually turned off the camera he does his best to catch me at awkward moments at the best of times but coach me pickleball yes we started it it was the well, Christmas time, 2019. So it's been going a bit over two years now. Part of it was I kind of needed to figure out what exactly I think about the game. And I often use writing to help me clarify my thoughts on any number of subjects from third shot strategies to mixed doubles communication to whatever technique, especially. But I knew I would lose sight of my development as a player and as a coach if I didn't start recording things. And I also thought it was a much easier way to to be able to coach a much greater number of people. I teach at Palm Desert Resort Country Club and uh, not too often I'm fairly selective in terms of who I teach and how often I teach. But when I do, I really get a great sense of fulfillment from it. But I can only really do one, two, sometimes a clinic not that many people. So Coach Me Pickleball was a great way to be able to reach the masses. And it's wonderful seeing people subscribe from all over the world, hopefully not just for the bloopers. I do think I have a couple of good things to say, some helpful tips for beginners and professionals alike. So yeah, we've got about 85, 86 quality videos up now. And I mean, for $9.95 a month, You'd be losing money if you didn't sign up. I mean, honestly, it's free trial. You can't go wrong. I mean, does Netflix do that? I think they're like 20 bucks these days. It's basically Netflix-ish. 
<laughs> yes, they are much more expensive than Coach Me Pickleball for sure. Now, a couple of the videos that I that you can kind of see on the site, I mean, they were short, but they really popped. I mean, you got the point across really quickly in a style that I think people can remember. Are what's kind of the typical length of the videos? Because you've got a lot out there, and I know you put new ones out there periodically too. Yeah, we put out a a few more every month. They're typically only five to 10 minutes long because let's be honest, the average attention span these days is not great. And I think if you start getting into 10, 20, 30 minutes, chances are you haven't figured out how to condense the information well enough. As a writer, I would never write 20 words if I can say it in 10. And being able to explain something in a concise, compact fashion, I think is the best way to get the message across. So there's no sense in wasting a lot of fluff time unless they're for bloopers, in which case, go nuts. And you mentioned that Steve is the one who does the production of the videos. And this is Steve Taylor, who actually I had on the podcast a few couple of months ago, probably. And his photography and his video skills are amazing. So, I mean, just want to let the audience know this is high quality stuff, both in terms of Morgan teaching and then the actual video production side. So it's amazing. Now, I have to say, um, before I go any farther, probably when people know that I'm interviewing Morgan Evans, they're like, well, Lynn, are you ever going to talk about the serve? I don't think I can. I could have talked about it initially, but actually I wanted to learn a little bit more about Morgan because the first thing when I put in Morgan Evans pickleball that comes up is the serve coined after him, the Morgan Evans serve. Okay, so since I have you here on the podcast, Morgan, what is the Morgan Evans serve? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Well, it's borderline cheating, if I'm honest. No, it's, it's always been legal. It, I think it's going to be, unfortunately, taken out of the game by the powers that be in the coming future. At least that's what I'm told which is a shame. I started it around about three and a half, almost four years ago. And I was playing, actually I was playing skinny singles against Kyle Yates in Naples, Florida. And at the time, Kyle was one of, if not the best player out there. And he's still obviously a fantastic player. But anyway, it was tough going. And uh, I don't know, I've always been able to spin the ball with my hand. I just never really put two and two together in terms of using it for a serve. I think I might've been born in a bar and I used to love clicking the pool balls around pool tables and trying to get them to go into the different pockets. So my clicking ability with either hand was always, was good. I don't, I don't really have particularly big hands, but I was always able to do that. So once I'd clicked it up in the air a few times and whacked it, I realized what effect it had on Mr. Yates. I don't think I won that skinny singles battle, but it still, it got me a bunch of freebies. He tried it and then didn't try it again, which was very fortunate. If he had stuck with it, uh, that kid would have been a wrecking ball. So yeah, I did that. And I just, to begin with, I was just using forward spin. Um, God, I wish I had a ball on me, but it was just direct top spin coming from a clicking motion around the ball. I, I was asked to join a, ba a, a jazz band to, to really make greater use of it and get some extra reps in, but couldn't do it. Didn't have the, uh, the, the voice, unfortunately. So yeah, to begin with, for the first two or three years, I was just clicking it and getting much, much more topspin. 
But then as I, well, as COVID hit, I realized I had a bit more time on my hands and I was going to be able to use some of that time away from the game to kind of develop something a bit different and know that I won't be under any tournament pressure to get it right first time. So I started changing the direction of the click based on my shoulder angle and my foot positioning. I would be able to get the ball to kick in certain directions. And that was good. That helped a lot, but I wanted to add a little bit of icing to it. So I essentially started using the opposite kind of body language to which way the ball was going to bounce. So if I wanted the ball to bounce from left to right, I would use a tech, a body technique that indicated to my opponent that it would go from right to left. And that often move in the wrong direction and that would amplify the effect. Yeah. Some of those videos are very funny. I do enjoy them. Three times a week, we get together here and we watch the exact same video 20 times, the three minute one. It's really fun. Candlelight stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And just in case the audience hasn't seen some of the results of these serves, I mean, you've got professional players who are practically crawling on the ground to try and return the serve and they just can't do it. But in for the 2022 rule, the Zane's chainsaw serve was outlawed and the technique is a bit different. And I think people were really surprised that the Morgan Evans serve stayed in the game for 2022. Mm. But it sounds like you've got some knowledge of what's going to be happening with the 2023 rules regarding the serve. Yeah. I mean, I think when I realized that the the committee was looking to potentially outlaw it, I lobbied, I lobbied pretty hard using social media, especially to at least put forward some valid points. And my main argument was they were judging the serve based on the quality of the return, not the serve itself. My serve has been legal since 1965. No one ever told me a ball toss couldn't be a weapon. However, the game, the, the current crop of returners wasn't able to instantly return the serve. That's fair. That's not a problem. It took a long time for the NBA players to figure out how to defend against the alley-oop. Okay. It took a long time for baseball batsmen to, to figure out how to hit a curveball. It takes time. I don't think it's fair to judge a new technique based on the effect it has in the short term. I think it, the only fair thing to do is give players a time to figure out how to return this. It's these little steps, whether they're steps or leaps forward in technique that help a game grow. And it's not, I don't think it's, in my opinion, it's just an opinion. I don't think it's good for the growth of the game to punish innovation just because handful and not like every professional wasn't able to return it. A lot of the pros were doing fine. Some of them struggled, but they just needed extra time to get used to it. By now, more and more players are able to deal with that serve. So it's, it's my hope that they still allow the single-handed click serve, Morgan Evans serve, to exist, but yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath. All right. Well, we will be waiting to see what happens. Now, to finish up with a couple questions, I always do like to ask the pros at your level, which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you like it? Ooh. 
Right now, I'm using the Vanguard Power Air Invicta. It'll be released on August 2nd. So I am I'm sort of testing it out at the moment, and I'm about to do a comparison video between the three main Selkirk lines of paddles. I've been a Selkirk player and coach through and through for for as long as I can remember anyway. And this paddle for me, it has uh, it has a bigger it has a bigger sweet spot to the project zero zero two that came out and Tyson McGuffin was using for quite some time. This new one is edgeless. It has a fantastic amount of spin on it, maintains almost all of the power that the 002 had, but it enlarges the sweet spot. So it gives me a lot more comfort up at the kitchen line, dinking, block volleys. It's, uh, it gets through the air very quickly, has the smiley face gap around the throat. I forget the technical term. Oh, they're going to hate me forgetting the, the technical term, air, throat, dynamic stuff. We'll figure that one out. It'll be in the video. Just hang tight for the video. I'll, I'll get all the words and syllables. There's 47 syllables in most of the technology these days, and no one can expect uh, <laughs> people like myself to remember all of them. But it does the job, and uh, it looks pretty. Oh, it's a gorgeous paddle, just gorgeous. So luckily, they actually have clothing that kind of matches the paddle. So whenever I accidentally wear the right clothes, people think I, I have some kind of fashion sense where it was just getting dressed in the dark and picking the right paddle. Okay. So you're not somebody who has to match is what you're telling me. No, but yeah, I'm told I should try at least. But these days, most of the time, I'm just sitting in a booth. No one cares what I, uh, what I look like. So. All right. Well, we talked about Coach Me Pickleball. If somebody wants to take a look at the videos that are out there or get the trial or purchase the course for 10 bucks a month, where do they go? Yeah, it's just coachmepickleball.com. See, the ME is for Morgan Evans, but not everyone sort of gets that, but that's okay. It's fine. Yeah, coachmepickleball.com. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, but the videos are on the website and you can access it on your phone, tablets, whatever. I suggest going, getting a big group of people going to the cinema, IMAX. I think, yeah, you can look good on IMAX, I imagine. Maybe not. Some of the glare might, might affect that. <laughs> okay, wait a minute, Morgan. People can't see the glare that I can see. Because <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, this is just audio, but take a look at some of the videos, then they can see it. Oh, I thought this was video as well. Jeez. <laughs> All right. It, anything else we should know, Morgan, before we finish up? Well, no, just watch out for the upcoming uh, PPA and Selkirk Invitational Tournaments. There's going to be some great action coming. Uh, I'm announcing alongside Dave Fleming at the Jigsaw uh, new jigsaw facility in Scottsdale. That's August 2nd and 9th. There's a Tuesday night pickleball things. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then the 5th, 6th, and 7th of August, yes, in Los Angeles for the Selkirk Labs Invitational. Check that out. So you can see all the details on the PPA Tour website. And there's all kinds of Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff. All right. Well, very cool. I thank you so much, Morgan, for taking the time today to be on the Pickleball Fire podcast. You are very welcome. 
It was a pleasure. Hope to see you again sometime soon, Lynn. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 